Studs, and my guest this week is John Martz. Uh, John's latest book is A Cat Named Tim from Koyama Press, as well as uh, previous releases include Destination X from the very lovely No Brow Press, um, Gold Star from Retrofit, and uh, some self-published stuff like Heaven All Day and Machine Gum, and not to forget the Big Team Society League Book of Answers from Koyama. And you also did a a self-published Team Society book? Yeah, we uh, the, the ones that we had just published online, we, we um, won TCAF, we, we put all of them together in a big hardcover, just, you know, Vanity Press, Lulu.com edition, um, which I think, I think that store's still active. I don't know. They're not, they're not anything that we really actively sell. or um, um, But yeah, that exists. I remember at the show it sold out pretty quickly, though, because I was going to pick one up, and I went back and... Oh, well, yeah, we... Um, I think we miscalculated how many we needed, and only one box shipped. So we, I think we only ended up with six or seven to begin with. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that won't last at a big show like that. Now, um, a lot of comics here, and I was thinking about your work, and 
are comics um, kind of an early destination for you, or is it something that's come out of uh, being an illustrator? Um, well, it was certainly something that I always wanted to do as a kid. I could dream of being a cartoonist, and um, I, uh, I certainly loved reading books in the library about the history of cartooning and, and the business of cartooning, all the how-to books I, I devoured. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't until, until I had, I mean, I ended up going to school for graphic design. There was no, there were no schools for comics and cartooning when I came out of high school. So, um, you know, I knew it was a, I knew cartooning was something that people could do, but I didn't, didn't necessarily know what the path was to get there. Um, but I, yeah, I studied design, graphic design for a while before becoming an illustrator, which seemed more of a natural offshoot of the graphic design industry. And then from illustration, um, I think I found comics through that. Uh, was there much of a time gap between doing graphic design in school to doing illustration to doing comics? Um, a gap in what way? Like, you know, how much time had passed between those points? Oh, um, so it was pretty sort of a blurred line. It wasn't. It wasn't that I just sort of I did design and then I quit to do illustration. Then I quit illustration to do comics. It was. It's all sort of. It all blends together. Yeah. Um, I was always drawing. Like I always had. Um, even in high school, I had. Uh, I had started putting comics on a, on on a website. That was pretty early. I think the only comics that were online at the time, there was one called Dr. Fun. It was before the web comics boom, for sure. Um, and I think I put maybe 10 single panel comics on a website. Um, so I was always drawing cartoons and comics. Um, illustration, or design rather, because I went to school for it, that sort of just became my, my career, sort of de facto career. Because um, I went to school for design, got a job. Went to, went to a job, 9 to 5. Um, but illustration and comics were... It was a blurry line between the two, and I always sort of was interested in it and, and did it on the side. Were you able to bring in some of your kind of personal taste into your design work early on? Certainly when I was, when I was working um, at design studios, I would, I would try to incorporate illustration whenever I could. Um, I, love, I love drawing, and I kept a sketchbook at my desk. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of always veered towards cartoony illustrated solutions to projects whenever I whenever I could. Now at what point did um drawn come in um like when you started doing that blog? Um that was two thousand five, I think. Is that right? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think two thousand five. And then it ran for, yeah, eight years. Uh, shut it down uh, just over a year ago, 2013. Um, so I was working, I was working at, at Chum Television in their design department, um, doing like motion graphics and logos and advertising and any type of, sort of the, the internal design department of, of the entire company. Um, That's like Much Music and... Much Music, City TV, Space, uh, Bravo. Uh, this is well before... Um, before you know, it was when Chum existed, which you know it's now. Uh, was it Bell Bell Media? I have no yeah. idea. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I was working at there doing design, and and um, uh, because I had I had come from my first job out of school was web design, so I always was loved making websites and tinkering with HTML and and 
sort of in the early stages of me figuring out how to make websites, and and um, also the the early early days of blogging. So making a blog seemed like a natural way to um, have a project, have a, a website making project for myself, and um, uh, so I just I I had had a few online friends who were illustrators that I just knew from following their their websites and and early forays into blogging and uh, I just sort of reached out to a bunch of them Matt Forsyth, Luke Latulipe, uh, Ward Jenkins and I said you know I'm thinking of starting up this this illustration blog um, about comics and animation and cartooning and, uh, and these are folks that you only knew online because like Matt was in Montreal, Luke in Vancouver, yeah. So, um, yeah, I hadn't met any of them online, or hadn't met any of them uh, IRL. <laughs> I only knew them from from their own blogs and websites and online presences, which was also well before Twitter and Facebook and and all. You know, when when having an online presence was it was, it was uh, no easy feat. Yeah. So, what was it about these uh, folks that you brought in that you kind of knew? Um, commonality and artistic values. Well, I I, I like their work. I um, I knew them because I followed their work. Uh, you know, if I had other tastes in art and comics, I'm sure I, I would have started up drawn with other people. But um, these are all people that I that I I followed because I liked like their work and 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 the personalities that they exhibited online. And um, yeah, and I and I knew them somewhat because I had reached out and and chatted with them in the past. So did you kind of have a focus of what you guys want to do with it, or did it start pretty organically? Pretty organically, I uh, yeah, there was never any solid focus uh, throughout its run. Really, I um, I I was sort of inspired by Boing Boing at the time, and and uh, Cartoon Brew, it's an animation website. Mm-hmm. That uh, that had was relatively new at the time, and um, there were some websites like Illustration Friday was a thing, and uh, I don't know, but but I I just wanted to I wanted to have a project, make a website. Blogging seemed like the natural fit. Uh, uh, I liked the idea of doing a group blog about a specific topic or a series of topics, and um, my interests were cartooning and animation and illustration so it just sort of naturally that's sort of naturally what 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 it ended up being um yeah and 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 as far as um any real focus i i sort of gave everyone i wasn't really i didn't act as an editor or uh i gave everyone the password to the wordpress installation and you know everyone could write something and put it up whenever they wanted i wanted it to feel like a a, a bit of a community between all of us mm-hmm. And that seemed pretty evident in kind of um, the growth of it with just all sorts of different viewpoints coming through with different tastes. Um, was there a lot of stuff that you would see that others would post that you'd had no idea about? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we all have, you know, as much as I chose these all the contributors because I liked their work and, and maybe saw some commonality between um, our art styles or or personalities. Um, certainly, everyone came to the project with with their own interests and 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 you know knowledge about certain things that I didn't know anything about. 
uh, yeah, it was great. Great to have a variety. And, and certainly in the early days, everyone was still excited about it. So, um, you know, those first few months of it being live, um, just so many posts every day because we're all just kind of um, you know, really into it. Uh, slowly that died out over time as, as blogging became more commonplace and, and, uh, and you know, Twitter and Facebook came into being and, and sharing links and stuff was just way easier to do by yourself uh, independently uh, with your own your own mini communities and, and friends. Um, so that's, that's sort of why the, the site uh, shut down or why I shut the site down uh, last year. Um, that's just kind sort of, of, uh, seemed, it seemed past its prime. It's, it's definitely interesting now the idea of just how um, Tumblr's created a new language for or a new medium for kind of engaging the works that you guys were engaging back then. Yeah, and certainly Tumblr's made it frictionless, right? You, you install the little bookmarklet, you see something that you like, you can basically just press one button and regurgitate it out onto your own to your own blog. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, the idea of a reblog button, that didn't exist when I started, uh, when I started drawing. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I've, I've started a new, a new, um, a new sort of, I missed working on drawing. I, as much as it became sort of a bit of a chore and, and uh, uh, sort of outgrew its, its original purpose, um, having, having not worked on it for the last year and a half, I've, I've missed it and I've recently started up another Tumblr just to sort of um, sort of scratch that itch. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, posting stuff online was such an important part of my learning to engage with interests online um, that when, when I shut down Drawn, even though I have, you know, Twitter does it to an extent uh, um, and Facebook, you know, even less so, um, but my own website had sort of just been about, became about my work, so I, I missed having a, a venue with which to explore the things that I was reading and finding online, and and uh, and uh, sort of educating myself on on being a better artist and cartoonist and business person and all those things. So um, I've started up a new one, which uh, is linked to from from my website. That's uh, research and development. Yeah, it's 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 a really long, awkward Tumblr domain things <laughs> and things. But if yeah, if you just go to johnmarts.com, you'll find everything. I'll have a, I'll have a link on the on cool. the post too for folks to check it out. Um, how does kind of engaging other works and looking at other works um, affect you in your own process of what you're creating? Well, I, I've always loved, you know, as a kid, I was a real library nerd and I would go to the library and, and I, you know, I, I exhausted my local library's collection of, of cartooning books, you know, com history of comic strips and uh, how to be a cartoonist books. And, um, and, and books with comics themselves, lots of peanuts and fireside and, um, and, and, uh, I think having access to the internet, uh, is just an extension of that, that loving to learn and, and research and, and find stuff that you didn't know about. And, um, because the internet is, is a two way medium in the way that uh, library books are not, it, it allows you to take the things that you learn and love and, and find interesting and, and share them with other people, uh, recontextualize them uh, based on you know your own your own interests. Uh, you know, it's like it's like creating your own your own how-to book uh, with all the stuff you find interesting. So the other kind of community thing you have going on 
um, we talked a little bit about earlier was the team. Let me get the full name properly. Team Society League. Yeah. Um, and that is you, um, Aaron Costain, uh, Zach Wharton. Steve Wolfhard was apart for a while. Yeah, it's sort of a, a, a that's sort of the main roster, and you know people come in and out. It, it's not a real, um, not a real strict membership, um, but it, that's the main four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a jam comics collective. I say just, it's a jam comics collective. <laughs> I'm trying not to uh, belittle jam comics because I, I think they can be great. Um, they're fun. They're fun. I had a lot of fun reading them, and I'm just wondering. Is it one person in particular that likes the jokes about things going into the butt? Or is that just kind of like a recurring theme through team society in general? It came out of... Uh, so the, the main little character... Um, we used to just draw comics about whatever, just anything. And then, and then we ended up drawing this little character uh, who we ended up naming Georges. And, and the very, his very first comic, uh, his very first appearance, uh, Zach Wharton... Uh, drew a panel with him sticking something up his butt. So you can blame Zach for the butt stuff, but it's, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's not, uh, it's, um, I mean, there's butt stuff, there's violence and gore and it's gross and, uh, you know, it's childish, you know, gross out humor. It's, um, I think there's, we, I think when we get together, you know, the four of us, uh, you know, have a couple drinks and you sort of regress into little boys, uh, you know, drawing characters, you know, barfing and picking their noses and having stuff and having stuff go up their butts. It's, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> we have a good time. <laughs> uh, in, in the book, they're all, I think almost all their six panel gag strips. Um, yeah. It's well, the- we, we draw them in, um, they, we started drawing them in, you know, little moleskin sketchbooks and okay. six panels, six panels is sort of the, it's a really good size for for that size. You know, it's a good format for that size of paper, and and it and it's a good it's a good it's a good number of panels for a comic strip. Yeah, uh, there's a, there's enough. It's it's a small enough number that uh, the jokes can be short, but it's uh, it's a big enough number that you can you can do some creative stuff in there. Now, do you kind of follow the a strict one panel per person, or will someone yeah. maybe do yeah. all of a comic? No, no, it's it's always it's always one panel per person. Um, uh, it's just sort of it's sort of um, you know the the most basic jam comic improv. I draw a panel, I pass it to you. You draw a panel, you pass it to the next person. You know, and and until until the page is full. It it's not necessarily a uh, specific order. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just sort of put the books in the center of the table, and whoever's got a whoever's not drawing a panel at the moment can just sort of choose from the spoils and, and add their input to whatever's ongoing. I was uh, trying to figure out some of them and it seems like you guys are also having fun riffing on each other because there's one that's definitely like a Steve Wolfhard strip. Like, yes, certain strips will will uh, certainly have the personality of a, of you know any number of us. Yeah, I'm just wondering, is that you guys kind of poking at Steve, going, okay, we're going to do a Steve comic? Um, I don't know the one you're talking about, but uh, no, I mean we just try to make ourselves laugh. I think I think that's 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 why it's fun because it's just we're just friends hanging out trying to make each other laugh, and the comics um, are sort of an after effect. It's on the uh, just so so readers know and listeners. It's on the last page of the book with the uh, 
Georges uh, dying. Okay. And decomposing. Uh, no, no, that was not, not <laughs> particularly supposed to be directed to Stephen any in any way. That's um, really just us. Um, I I can't remember what, exactly how it goes, but um, yeah, some some comics just naturally, um, you know, the 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 timing between panels. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of time can happen between panels, or a short amount of time can happen between panels, and and certain certain strips sort of take on a certain personality from 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 the second panel, uh, and that sort of sets the stage for for what comes next. Now, was Machine Gum um, the the comic strip series? Was that your kind of first big stab into doing more personal comics, or? Trying so comics. certainly, um, I mean, my first my first mini comics I ever made were for T Calf. Um, I don't know, was it two thousand six or seven? So that's I, one of the early years. Yeah, before it was at the library, it was on U of T campus. So whatever year that was, and um, I I uh, I applied to exhibit uh, that year, and I had never made. I, I applied to exhibit before I had made any comics, <laughs> so so uh, applying just sort of forced me to make some comics. And the and the first mini comic I made, I had, I had two mini comics that year, um, and one was called Machine Gum, and it wasn't what Machine Gum is now. I just thought Machine Gum would be was a funny title, it was a funny word, and I thought so that was just sort of the, the name I was going to give, you know, my my one man anthology, Machine Gum. Yeah, uh, but it, it it eventually the more I started drawing these robot comics, the more Machine Gum seemed like just a, a good fit for this particular character. It's interesting because like when I was going through them online, um, I can see like because you'll have some autobio comics or some short comics with dialogue, uh, which are you know beautiful, really great, but you're just so drawn to these silent robots, and I'm interested about yeah. that attraction. I'm drawing one right now, as we're talking. I it's it's um, I don't know. It, you know, once there's the, it's a very simple character design, really easy to draw, um, and um, so it just became this this sort of this figure that I would draw in my sketchbooks, and um, and and so turning it into a, a, a making a comic series out of it was really just a um, you know, I, I, the way I make the comics is pretty improvisational, right? Like I'll and they're all done in my sketchbook. Um, and I'll just draw out a grid and uh, fill in panel one with with this little robot doing something, and 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 then try to try to figure out what's going to happen by by the end of the page. Similar to Teen Society League in that they are generally six panels, and um, it's sort of like a, it's it's like if I'm doing jam comics with myself. I don't necessarily know where I'm going to go, and sometimes I can stump myself. But um, yeah, generally I'm just doing them in my sketchbook, improvised. Uh, there's a, you know a few examples that are a little more planned out and a little more elaborate than than a six panel gag, mm-hmm. but they're really just sort of abstract and uh, uh, sort of the process of making them is kind of meditative. They're just um, yeah something I like to do in my spare time without having to think too much, without having to you know write anything. It's just they're just it's pure drawing. There's something I really get out of it where it's. Like there's this motion to it, like this kind of kinetic energy. To some of the strips. It might be because they're in my sketchbook, and I'm not too fussy about making them. 
precious and and I like yeah I certainly I mean thank you I, I think that's a compliment I like I, I I hope that they have a certain amount of energy or, or life to them yeah um, so yeah well thanks I think it's just the you take something really simple um, like just really simple conceit and just kind of allow it to go in whatever direction it kind of takes itself which is which is exciting for me just to say. yeah i have to i've learned that that's sort of that's how it's enjoyable to me is if i just trust in the process to just um know that i'll get something in the end uh, and certainly they they're you know some are better than others for sure and and there are certainly strips that end up not working that i just don't post at all uh, and certainly don't make it into the into the books but um uh yeah i i enjoy working on them is heaven all day um is that kind of from that experience of tr- with those characters yeah, and trying yeah. to... So, yeah, so Heaven All Day is a, uh, was a book I did 2010, 2009 or 2010. Uh, um, and it, it's sort of a, a similar to, to the book I did called Gold Star, where there's sort of a different format depending on what, what page sort of I would, I would have. For example, Gold Star, there was, you know, the pages, the spreads, one half was a, a one-panel gag and the other half was sort of a four-panel comic strip. And, and Heaven All Day was had a similar sort of a layout where one half of the page would be um, a, a four-panel story with this old man, and the the opposing page would be a, maybe a, I don't know how many panels, maybe sixteen smaller panels of which is this wordless robot um, who had a similar design to to the robot that ended up being in these machine gun comics, and um, and that's where it came from. I, I had such a good time on that half of Heaven All Day making these these multi-panel wordless robot comics. Um, that I just wanted to do more of it, and and so that 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 half of of Heaven All Day evolved into what Machine Gun is now for sure. So, um, was there much improvisational stuff with Heaven All Day, or did you kind of let it come, or did you kind of plan and have? These- uh, that there well, a little bit. That book was maybe a little too planned, uh, and and I think it maybe suffers from from me sort of. Uh, Trying to trying to force a particular narrative to fit uh, to fit this this these page layouts, but um, certainly I, I knew that you know the robot would sort of go through this these these certain these certain beats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the improvisation came in sort of laying out the page, so uh, the, all the all the various beats might have been uh, predetermined, but when I got time to doing one of those beats, which you know the the unit of that beat was a page. Um, how I laid out the panels uh, was was somewhat improvised in that I didn't really plan it until I got to the drawing stage. Yeah. Now you're mentioning um, Gold Star a couple seconds ago, and that one um, really I, I quite enjoyed it and got a lot out of, uh, especially like you're talking about the different styles, um, I guess to show the different points in time and the story. <laughs> and. And it's really neat coming from your other work because it's just uh, so stylistically different. Um, but you're also kind of trying to touch on other comic styles. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if consciously. I just I, I certainly love um, New Yorker, uh, old New Yorker comics like Charles Adams and Peter Arno and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and my my my. Education into comics, you know, was really from the newspaper comics page when I was a kid. Um, so I'm, I was also heavily influenced by, you know, newspaper comic strips. A little far side. 
Uh, oh yeah, Farside for sure, as far as one panel strips go. But then uh, you know, on the, those, the the alternate half, the other timeline in, in Gold Star was you know really simple four panel talking head comic strip. Um, you know, those are just the formats that the forms of comics that I was influenced by. Um, you know, I didn't read a lot of superhero comics when I was a kid. I didn't. I certainly didn't read um, graphic novels until. Um, into my early adulthood, so so, so my style and, and my voice and the comics I like to draw uh, are primarily influenced by, by by newspaper comic strips and 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 the books I read at the library, which were a lot of New Yorker collection, collections, yeah. Charles Atlas books. So it's just sort of the natural result of of the comics that I grew up reading. Now, Destination X seems very different, though, from all your other work. It's certainly the the longest single narrative um that i've worked on and and uh it's certainly not wordless um, <laughs> so yeah in in that in that respect it, yeah it was a, it was a departure for sure and a challenge um yeah working on a longer a longer story is um something i still find you know a challenge and, and an interest um so it's something you'd like to try doing again yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I've been I've been doing a lot more kid stuff recently, uh, which which uh, like picture books, which is sort of the opposite of a long story. It's a picture books are very concise and and um, uh, yeah, it's the opposite of a big grand graphic novel for sure. And I, I I like I like both formats. One one is uh, they're both challenging in their own way, but um, certainly a long form story is is more elusive to me simply because I think I I I grow restless and I want projects to be finished and so the idea of working on something for a long time is is uh, a little daunting because <laughs> i like switching up my styles i like i like trying new things i like um it just i think um yeah i i get excited by by doing something different every time i work on a project so i i think i gravitate towards shorter projects just just for the variety one of the interesting things thinking about like the comparing the work like this to kids work is where with kids' work, or children's work, or I don't even know what the right term is using, um, it, it seems like you have to be a lot more conscious of the images you're using as far as like the readability and the kids attaching to what you're drawing. And yeah, but I mean, I, 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 you know, similar to, you know, like I, yeah, I'm, I think because uh, my my comics education was comic strips yeah. uh, and and single panel cartoons, um, those are very um, short, concise um, formats, uh, and so the the best of the breed of of those formats are are ones that communicate very effectively. And so I I hope that I'm I'm influenced by them in in a in a way that allows me to communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you know I I think I I try to do that with um, you know simple character designs and, and very broad uh, body language, um, yeah. Pleasing and appealing. Yeah, images. yeah. Big heads, big heads. <laughs> um, now, you how many children's books had you done before this one with Koyama? Um, one, two, three, three, three picture books. Yeah, and those are all with a different writer, 
or with yeah, a writer? Yeah, they've, they've all been with different writers. I've done two with Kids Can Press. Uh, one with uh, one was called Dear Flyery, which was written by Diane Young, and another book called Black and Bittern Was Night, uh, which was written by Robert Heidberger. And then I also did um, an adaptation of Abbott and Costello's Who's On First, um, which obviously I did not write. So this, yeah, the book with Koyama, A Cat Named Tim, it's my first, my first sort of picture book format book that's um, just me, written, written and illustrated. So I'm, ex- I'm excited. Yeah. It's, um, I'm wondering about that experience because I know like talking to folks in the past um, in the children's book industry, it's very focused on writer artist um except for you know specific great folks but there's a lot of that i remember from a conversation i had with with francoise mouly where she's talking about wanting to do children's books and have a lot of challenging meal to push um the cartoonists just in themselves yeah yeah um go on sorry oh and i just wondering about being on the kind of illustrative end um what kind of collaboration is there in that process well, uh, very little with the um, with who's on first. Very little because <laughs> obviously Abbott and Costello are both are both no longer of this earth. But um, uh, certainly with the uh, you know I, I worked with an editor. Um, uh, that was but but it was fairly an, an a fairly independent project. It was um, uh, really my adaptation. It's it's uh, really I just I'm taking the script verbatim and and sort of. Uh, Transcribing it in comic strip form, mm-hmm. um, and with the uh, with the other two picture books, um, very little collaboration with, with the author, uh, which is which is nice. It's nice to have. I mean, I, I imagine it's really nice to have a working, a great working collaborative relationship with with an author. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but both these projects, uh, I was really the, the process involved the the writer doing the written word. It goes through an editorial process with, at the publishing house. And then it goes to the illustrator who, uh, in, in this case me, uh, is, is granted the responsibility to adapt it in the way that uh, he or she wishes. And um, that's, that's a great freedom to have. And it's, but it's also nice that I have a, a constraint to begin with, which is, which is the words, the story, the setting, and the characters um, created by, by another person that I, that I have to stick with. Do you find working on your own... Uh, work or is it similar? Or you find you're doing completely different work uh, with a cat named Tim. Uh, yeah, I, I'm certainly doing different work with a cat named Tim. Uh, part of that is is not having a, a a manuscript that I'm that I'm basing the work off of. Uh, part of it is that it's it's uh, not quite a picture book, not quite comics. I don't know what to call it. I I, I hate the word comic picture book hybrid it's got a lot of playful whimsy in storytelling how's that yeah i mean i uh, thanks i um i think it has some 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 int- i mean it's I'm, i think very influenced by machine gum i think that the sort of the weirdness of machine gum and and uh translates a little bit into a cat named tim mm-hmm. sort of like if if machine gum was for children um and, uh, and certainly it's inspired by you know teen society league and and working with 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 uh, Annie at Koyama Press is um, is really great because she trusts artists to 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 do what they do, mm-hmm. and um, so it really is um, a project that I'm that I'm very proud of because it's it's it really is all me and uh, uh, you know that's that's a really it's a really fun thing to have. Yeah, this and uh, Britt Wilson's 
uh, book or her first time doing kids books is mm-hmm. and in that experience um i guess did you guys kind of provide a lot of lead as far as like here's design here's what we feel would work oh yeah i mean like certainly you know the, the book was finished last winter so you know um and that's just, that's just the reality of of the publishing process and that it needed to get done early and certainly um certainly this is this is annie's this is koyama press's you know first real foot in the door of, of doing kids comics. So, so there was, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of, um, as, as much a freedom as Annie gave me, I certainly uh, invited her into every bit of the process and, uh, you know, from early, early thumbnail stages into the penciled pages and, and then to the finished work. How much is, um, is your work relied upon, um, doing uh, computer, because you talk about doing penciled pages. Sure, and I, I, when I say, you know, certainly for, uh, you know, a cat named Tim is all digital, so when I say okay. pencil pages, I'm, I'm saying, you know, the, the digital equivalent <laughs> of, a pencil, of a pencil page, sort of the, the linear, the, the rough, st- rough linear. The stylist uh, screen? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know what, I, even when I'm doing the pencil stage, uh, uh, I, I generally try to find a, a, a brush in Photoshop. I usually work all in Photoshop. I usually try to find a brush in Photoshop that has some sort of um, rough edge to it, some sort of, you know, fake fake digital pencil. And I think that's just um, a comfort thing. I think it, it allows me to be a little looser and rougher because it's not it's not such a uh, such a clean line. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it aids in the in the rough drawing process by by um, by not being too precious looking a line. And it forces you to kind of do it again. Yeah, I try it. Well, what do you mean? Well, to do that. <laughs> to do the clean line after that like oh yeah yeah um you know and that's if that's it that's uh you know these processes of doing a pencil and then doing it over again with ink um, I, I certainly see the appeal of of not of you know reducing those two steps to just one and just going straight to ink mm-hmm. um and and but i think there's yeah it's a bit of a holdout from from learning to draw cartoons in a very um traditional way when I was a kid by doing you do a pencil stage and then you ink it yeah and um, and so both of those stages are uh, enjoyable to me for different ways and so I you know still sort of still sort of do that digitally uh, you know with cat named Tim there was a penciling stage it wasn't necessarily an inking stage there was sort of a there's very little line work in the in the in the artwork but Certainly, you know, instead of an inking stage, let's say a flat color stage, which yeah. is, you know, essentially the same as inking. I'm just filling everything in with the same, with the same color as the line. Tell me about that choice not to do a lot of black line in a book like this. Like, I don't even think about that, but when you said that, I'm looking through, I'm like, oh, yeah. It's very uh, kind of warm in that way. Well, I don't know. I think it's, um, you know, I've done both my, it's funny, both the, the picture books I've done, uh, with the, both the both the two kids can books I did had a very traditional cartoony outline with a fill, and uh, you know the the colors changed. Like you know, it was a different colored outline sometimes, but it, you know otherwise a very traditional comic booky way of drawing for these picture books. And a cat named Tim is a little more like a comic book, and yet it's it's more illustrative. It's less the process is less comic booky and mm-hmm. more digital painterly flat graphic colors um uh i think it's just uh i had the opportunity to to try a new a new technique 
and and it's easier to do with a personal project than it is to do with uh, a project that is that has a client behind it or or another author or or a publisher that has expectations based on based on what they've seen from you in the past. Um, so certainly having a book like a cat named Tim that that was really all mine that I was you know I, I made all the decisions. Uh, uh, it seemed like a, a great opportunity to try something new. Now, have you uh, tested the book out on kids? A few, yeah, a few. I think, um, you know, I think it works. I think they like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, but that must be fun to to do a little try out the little guys. Yeah, it's cool. I was at um, I was at TCAF last the last TCAF, and I was about to go. Britt and I were about to um, do like a presentation for kids, and we were hanging out in in. Uh, Sort of the, the kids' antechamber before the outside of the presentation zone, uh, where they had all the kids' books for sale. And there was a kid flipping through one of my books, and I couldn't help but just sort of peer over his shoulder. And it was I got a real kick out of watching a kid sort of pour over these pages that I worked on because you know I have memories of myself doing that with books. So it's um, yeah, it's a really cool thing to see to see kids uh, read and interact with with something I've done. The discovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm doing, um, so I, there's this thing on, um, in, across the summer, across Canada in the summer right now called the TD Summer Reading Club. And I'm, I'm the artist this year, which meant I did all the, all the artwork for it. And it's in libraries, um, across the country. And, and part of my, part of my duties with it has been going around to a few libraries, uh, across Toronto and, and doing presentations for kids, uh, showing my process and then doing some drawing exercises with them. And it's, it's, been one of the most rewarding, fun things to draw with kids. Kids drawing is so great, and and it reminds me of being a kid when I uh, would love to draw and sort of was a fearless artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you grow up and you sort of uh, you don't have that same playful uh, relationship with drawing, uh, oftentimes that you did when you were a kid. So it's uh, it's so fun to see that idea of like making things come alive on the paper. Yeah, yeah, and just not, you know, um, yeah, just not not uh, caring, just, um, just drawing and 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 but just letting your hand do all the work. And you're just, they're just these kids are just filling up pages, and they're so creative and imaginative, and and they're not uh, they don't have any of that crippling self consciousness yet. <laughs> now you mentioned uh, before we started, you're gonna this is gonna be launching at SPX. SPX, yes. September something. 14th and 15th. 14th and 15th. As much as, that's what I was going to say. 14th and <laughs> Yes, with Koyama Press. And you'll be tabling there for the weekend? Uh, yes, I'll be there all weekend. Nice. Come, get, come get a book. And, <laughs> and uh, Britt Wilson's book, uh, Cat Dad, King of the Goblins, is also debuting. And uh, Patrick Kyle's Distance Mover. And uh, I think the next issue of Michael DeForge's Lose. It's, uh, and there's another book. Uh, uh, Renee, French, Renee French is... Um, Baby Bjornstrand also launching. So, uh, I don't know. That's a good. That sounds like a pretty good fun table to come to. It's a good place to be. Yeah. I'll be sure to pop by. Um, as well, you'll be doing an event at the Big Islings uh, Little Sister Shop. Uh, the, uh, Little Island. Little Island. There we go. Um, yeah, both Britt and I, I think we're going we're gonna to launch our books at Little Island uh, late October. October 26th, I think. Nice. So if you're in, if you're in Toronto and you have some kids... That's the place to be. Awesome. Well, thank you, John, for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh, thanks. This is fun. Um, I really appreciate it.
that she thinks that she can take you from me. She's got to be a foolish. 